The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. ever thought about why people act the way they do? Why are some people more difficult to deal with, while others are always pleasant? Let's find out together. Welcome to Human Behavior. What a trip. Your host is Dr. Jonathan Brower. Our program combines expert guests with people just like you who have questions or comments. We'll have fun exploring human behavior. Now, here's your host, Dr. Jonathan Brower. Hello, this is Dr. Jonathan Brower. My show is called Human Behavior, What a Trip, and we're going to have a lovely trip today. My guest is Janet Gallen, who happens to be my sister. She resides in San Francisco. I reside in Thousand Oaks, California, and um, for many years, she's had a show called Love Letters, and she has a website, in case you're curious to check it out later. It's uh, www.loveletterslive.com. Dot com. And um, Janet, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. My pleasure. So uh, Janet's had a show for many years. How many years have you been doing Love Letters? I think it's been nine years now. Okay. And it's, and it's been I, wonderful. Okay. So I'm curious as to how you got involved with that. And before you even get to that, let's take the segue as to uh, what was going on with you as a young child that eventually um, propelled you to have your love letter show? Oh, well, I guess the connection would be that as a young child, and this was in the late 40s, we wrote letters. That was how we communicated. Telephone was really for local calls. And letters was really the best way to communicate, and I always loved it. My girlfriend, Judy Spizer, and I used to send each other little love letters probably once a week, and we put in a piece of chewing gum, you know, juicy fruit chewing gum or a little piece of candy or a little pressed flour. And this this just went on and on. Getting mail was so uplifting. Getting mail was exciting. We used to know the name of our mailman growing up. Do you remember his name? I I don't, but we used to know him by face and by name. Yeah. I can picture him, actually, and he, you know, I, I, he also went on Marsha Kruger Street, he was up and down McCadden, and on yeah. our whole neighborhood. And when the mailman came, and I remember this all the way through Berkeley, when um, I was dating Dan, and... Wait, wait, for the, the audience, mailman, Dan was a, a husband of yours. That's right. And, and uh, you both he, went to Fairfax High School before right. you went, yeah. And so the mailman, I would be waiting at the window for a letter. And the mailman, as he approached the apartment and as he approached the window, he would either smile and nod yes or shake his head sadly, sadly and say no. Uh-huh. And mail, the mailman was a part of your life as the deliverer of news. Yes. So it was, a, it was a big thing, getting letters, and it still is to me. I also love handwriting. I'm so taken with what goes into it and what it means. 
and I think I told you the other day, I can still tell every single friend and family member's handwriting. I don't have to see a return address. And when I see that handwriting on an envelope in my pile of mail, it just lifts my heart. I know who's there. Well, that's interesting you say that. Um, this, is a, this is a bit of an aside, but um, when uh, both, of our mother, both of our parents died, mm-hmm. um, I got from uh, my mother, our mother, this mm-hmm. box. Uh, it was a box full of, um, of Sports Illustrated uh, magazines. Yeah. Yeah. And it also had in there this this thing I had to write in the seventh grade for a class. I remember on I, did Scot- that I found that folder. Yes, on Scotland. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't my handwriting, and I was wondering if you were the one who wrote it for me. Oh, you know, I don't. Anyway, know. I'll, I'll, I'm I'll look s- at it when I see you again. I'm going to see you this weekend. So bring it. I'm, I, I'm going to bring it. So Good. so anyway, okay. so you love you love writing and you love getting mail, and uh, and I think and I think handwriting is. Just a fingerprint. You know who it is. Yes. So when, as you were getting older, were you getting more mail as? Yeah. As you got older. I used to get. Yeah. I used when I was when we would travel someplace wherever I was. Anna Offman would uh-huh. send me a letter. She yeah. always would. I would get letters from all my friends. That's how we communicated. Yeah, I have this vague memory of you doing this letter stuff, probably when I was ten or eleven. Mm-hmm. And uh, I found it interesting. That you had all this mail and I didn't. But I didn't mind. I didn't mind not having the, the mail, but I was fascinated that you had this onslaught of letters coming. Oh, and going. yes, you kind of have to write them to get them. But the other thing I used to do, which yeah. I guess I never mentioned, the National Geographic used to have coupons that you could cut out and yeah. send to various states and get information on that state. Oh, I see. And so, yeah, I would write to Utah. I was a Chamber of Commerce, I guess, and I would get packages of information and pictures and brochures and beautiful things from all the different states. Yes, yes. I love getting mail. I still do. And then you also, uh, in addition to love letters, you've written you've written at least one novel, correct? Well, I, I yes, I have, and it's kind of sitting here waiting for me to get it to somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope you get it sooner than later. Thank you. Me too. It's really a good one. Yeah. So. Um, so you had so you like giving and getting letters. I do. And um, you mentioned. And by the way, can I just, can I just say something? You said sure. I like giving and getting letters. Yes. One of the wonderful things about writing a love letter, and we can talk about what a love letter actually is, yes, as we'll opposed get... to other kinds. Yeah. But one of the things about giving a letter, you just use such exactly the right word. It is really a gift that you are giving. It's a yes. gift that you have custom designed for one person on this earth. Yes. And as you're writing it, and as you're slipping it into the mailbox, you do have that feeling that somebody in a day or two is going to be really happy. Uh huh. And I, I would imagine that for for a lot of people, it would be more comfortable getting, or, or maybe more comfortable or more unusual to uh, have someone tell them in person how they love them, but to tell them in writing would be easier for the person who's receiving the. Yeah. yeah. And well, easier, different, different, because saying yeah. it in person is also good and wonderful and important. But yes. when you put something in writing, Mother used to say, whenever somebody would say, like I'd say something positive about her or give her a compliment, and I guess she wasn't so comfortable with that, but she would say, yeah, yeah, put it in writing. Yes. And that was so wise, because when you put something in writing, it is more forever. It's like a yes. contract. 
It's something you sign, but also memory fades. And you can say something in person, which is wonderful, but you may not remember the exact tone of it or how it was said. You may not remember it at all. But if you can bring out a letter and reread it, you'll know exactly what was said, when it was said, what year. And by the way, people, you have to date those letters. That's really important. Yeah. So uh, from time to time, do you read some of the old letters you have? Pardon me? From time to time, do you read some of the old letters you've had for years or decades? Yes, I have. Yes, I do. From t- really not often because life is busy and I've got a lot yeah. to do. But every once in a while, I'll drag some out and take a look. And then when you read it for a second or third time, do you get more out of it than, the, than just the first time? You get different out of it. I see. And even if you get the same out of it again, that's, you know, a separate gift. Yeah. But... And, you know, when you talk about love letters, I don't feel that every letter has to be a love letter, certainly. And I don't feel that you have to send a love letter to everyone you know or everyone in your family. Excuse me. Yes. My point is really that if you are so moved to write a love letter, there are better and not as good ways to do it. You might as well write the best you possibly can as to put your truest self on paper. Yes. Now, um, before you started love letters... The official thing about love letters. Mm-hmm. You also you also help people with different kinds of situations, whether it was a, a loving thing or. A, well, uh, I, yes, I wrote. I wrote. I help pe- put people down on paper. I and I still do. Um, yeah. I do tributes and wrote. <laughs> excuse me. And yes. Personal histories, corporate histories, also in verse primarily. Yeah. And they're very ornate and complicated. They're a lot harder to write, but they're a lot easier to listen to. I see. And take in. And I've helped people write, I help clients write emotionally difficult letters. Yes. So I would imagine some of the people who you help write what they want to be written, after a while, they probably, on their own, uh, go to love letters at times, right? That they what? That they, go to, that they end up writing love letters. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, and some people do it really regularly, and it is a way of life, not a one-shot deal. Yes. So how did you get your show on the radio for well, your love letters? this was so by accident. One of my yeah. oldest friends asked me, called me one day, she said, I need you to do me a favor. Uh-huh. And I said, of course, darling, what is it? And she said, I mean, somebody asked you something, there's no maybe, it's just, and she said, I need you to write my obituary. And I yeah. need you to write it now. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'm not writing your obituary. By the way, she's not sick. Yeah. She loves obituaries. Yes. And I can understand why. And she said, but I need it to be your writing. I don't ever want it to be anybody else's. So I need you to do it. And do it now. Uh-huh. And I said, well, I'm not going to take part right now in anything that looks to a world where you're not here with me. And she said, well, you know how I feel about... I said, look, we've been friends since we're 10. I know how you feel about everything. And... What she feels in this particular instance, she does not like, and I don't see who would really, obituaries that start with, died after a brave battle with cancer, died after a long struggle, died after, everybody dies a loser, you've lost a battle. Yes. Now, maybe that's ultimately true, but that's not what your life was about. Right. So she said, you know how I feel about after a long battle. I said, I know, but I'm not going to do it. And she paused for a minute. She said, actually, 
if you want, you can say, I died after a long battle with every effing person on this planet, uh-huh. which I laughed and I liked. And then I started thinking that obituaries and eulogies are not about death. They're about living and loving. Yes. And why not send them on as love letters? Early? I see. Exactly. Good. So I decided I would do hers, and I sent it to her, and uh-huh. I never heard from her. I see. And finally, after about three weeks, she said in a very small voice, I got what you wrote. She said, it, I, I did her obituary. Uh-huh. And she said, I yeah. just didn't recognize myself in it at all. Okay, we're going to take a time out for a commercial break. Okay. And we'll be back very soon, so just hang on, everybody. Okay. Okay. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. Human behavior, what a trip. I'm with my guest, who happens to also be my lovely, my lovely sister. I started to say sweetheart. You are a sweetheart, Janet. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So, uh, you were talking about the obituary. Yeah. It was actually, uh. So she said she didn't recognize herself in it at all, and I was stunned. She happens to be extremely wonderful and talented uh-huh. and giving and hardworking and beautiful. Uh-huh. And I talked about all this, and I thought, I was surprised, and I said, what? I said, you know how good I am at this, seeing what's in other people. And she said, I couldn't see myself at all. And I thought, bingo, double the gift. Uh Not only should you know how people feel about you and love you before they're gone, but they should see themselves more clearly in life, which means through the eyes of someone who loves them. Uh And so I made this presentation to a group. um, I was speaking to a group about letters. 
And one woman came up to me and she said, that was just beautiful. I think we can do something together. Well, what we ended up doing was workshops on writing love letters. And then the radio station, the radio slot came available. And Uh she asked me if I would do a talk show. And I thought, why not just do the love letters? So each week we invite a guest who has a really compelling story to tell, victories, challenges overcome, uh, you know, unexpected blessings. Some are funny, some are tragic, but always at the end, it's who gets your love letter today, and someone has to get one. So it's about gratitude. Yes, what's your radio radio station number for people who want to listen to you? Well, the radio station has been sold very recently, so I'm now doing podcasts. I see. Which you can get to through my website. Okay, good. And yes, thank you. And um so you know, I've got I guess the same the same listenership. Uh-huh. Um it's different and I hope to find another radio station because they're I think maybe just cuz I'm older I like the dial twisting and coming upon something accidentally. Yes. But so every every week and I have never dealt with a person whose life has not been changed by a love letter. Yes, I think and, love and, letters are a beautiful thing to receive. Yes, and there, you know, a love letter is about the other guy, yes, and the other person's wonderful qualities, somehow or other. Yes, um, it could be about you if it's how you feel in light of the other person's wonderful qualities, but different than a, what I did this summer or one of those, you know, flyers that tells people how the year has been. Those are also yeah. nice to get, but yes. just different from a love letter. Yeah. So, um, what are some of the love letters you remember that? Uh, you know, from I, I must say that. Eight and a half years or so. I think I remember all of them, but one of the most uh, gripping was a horrible tragedy. A young woman, family had come here from Vietnam, and the parents worked in a jewelry store in Sacramento. And the oldest daughter was just finished her second, her first year at Berkeley, and she got a call from her youngest, from her next youngest sibling, screaming, "Mommy and Daddy are dead." Well, somebody had gone into the jewelry store and shot them both. Oh my God! Horrible. And yes. This, I mean, the, the grief and the horror. And this young woman went to court and fought for the right to raise her five younger siblings. Uh huh. And she got them. How and old was she, she at the time of the 19. death of her parents? Nineteen. Wow. So she. Uh, <laughs> it's so it's so worth finding her on this on the website if you can. Her name is Trang, and everybody is a raving success. She took these children through grief and and herself. And she worked, I think, three jobs. She made their lunches and took them to school every morning. And she was their mommy uh-huh. while she was going to school. Yeah. Every one of them is now either at Berkeley or they're finished with Berkeley by now. Um, and she said at the end of this really heartrending, hideous tale that yeah. she wanted to write a lot. Lo- so I said, who gets your love letter today? Wondering who on earth could get one from this. Yes. And she said, I want to write to my siblings. Uh-huh. And I said, you want to write to your siblings, what, to thank them for letting you raise them? She said, yes. She said, in my culture, we do not say these things out loud. And I oh, want my. them to know. I'm just getting chills hearing you say this. Oh, I, I, I couldn't even, I mean, I just was in tears right on the, you know, presentation there. And, I mean, there have been, one, one lovely man wrote a letter to his very abusive father, uh-huh. which was, a love letter, you know, filtering through the misery to find the the nuggets of his strength and acknowledge uh-huh. those. And it was a letter of forgiveness and understanding. And it was gorgeous. In his love letter to his father, did he also mention 
the ways in which his father was hurtful to him? No. I see. And that and that's that's a really good question. That's a really good point about a love letter. You you drop the other stuff just for the sake of the letter and expressing that side of it. Not I that see. you might not write another letter later. Yeah. My, my inclination would be to do both. Right. But the at the same time, not, not to be mean about it, just to be open about it. Right. But that's yeah. not exactly what I would define as a love letter. I get you, yeah. You know, I, I have a friend who, wanted, who wrote a love letter to her daughter, and she said, you know, it just wasn't very well received, and the daughter was on drugs and, and being with men she shouldn't be, bad. And so the mother wrote a letter and essentially just ripped her for her miserable choices and your drugs and the men you go out with, and, and you know how much I love you and I don't want to see you doing all this. And I said to this woman, well, how is this a love letter? You have done nothing but be harsh with her for what she's doing. Yes. Now, a love letter would have been just about her wonderful qualities yeah. and how she deserves the best. I mean, list them. And by the way, a good love letter, <clears throat> you're so special, doesn't mean anything. Specifics. Yes. How you looked when I first saw you in that blue dress. The way your skin felt on mine when we first touched. The, the turkey stuffing you made every Thanksgiving that I'll remember all my life. Specific things about the other person. Yes, so uh, after, she, after she had written this uh, letter that was telling her daughter how bad she was, mm-hmm. did it, at a later time, did she send her a real love letter? Yeah, yes. And how did the daughter respond to that? Well, they're, they're talking now, and they've yeah. got a better relationship. Good. And sometimes it's really hard to find the beauty in another person when you're angry or disappointed, when a child is being self-destructive. Yes. That's really difficult. Yes. And you have to be careful also. You And one of the things, by the way, important, I think, when you're writing a love letter is you don't just sit down and write it. You put down all the things you want to say. And it's, sort of, go, it's sort of like storyboarding for a movie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you, and then you put it together. That's good. That's right. And then you look at which things you really want to include and which things are maybe a little snide or a little passive-aggressive yes. or a little sarcastic. Yes. And you might want to say to yourself, I can't put all this in one letter because she'll never read it all. Yeah. So you might want to send two or three shorter letters. Or you could send 25 if you wanted. Oh, yeah. yes, definitely. You can do Over you know, one a month for the rest of your life. How lovely. Yeah. yeah. So sure. uh, but between men and women, is it about 50-50 or do more women or do more men uh, write these love letters? I think more women do. What, what would you but- guess the percentages are? You know, I don't know. I'd say probably two-thirds women, from my experience. Yeah, yeah okay. But men have... Oh, I've got beautiful love letters from men to men. Yeah. It's gorgeous. And, uh, one, uh, one lovely man... Actually, I did this kind of with him slash for him. Gay man who wanted to write to his brother for a birthday. And yeah. the brother was not so friendly to him once he had come out. It was cold to him. Uh-huh. This was some time ago. And we wrote something, and I just called it... Brother to brother and man to man. Uh huh. And it was gorgeous. It was just gorgeous. And it kind yeah. of finished finished the distance between them. Yes. Because gay or not, he's still a man and he's still his brother. So yeah. there, there, there's just been so much healing from it. Uh huh. And you know, with this with this horrible, oh, this this killing in Newtown. The elementary school. Yes, I know. It's horrendous. Which, which has left me and the rest of the nation and probably the world just so heartsick for, for so many reasons. There was an, uh, an article 
about the letters that the principal, the daughter, found from her. Uh-huh. And this principal, hero that she is, had been writing to her daughter always, just, you know, every month or so she'd send her a little card, and it was in her handwriting. And yes. now the daughter is fishing out all these letters to grab the, the remains and the remnants and the living mother. Uh-huh. And it, it works miracles. Yeah. I have a question which uh, I'm not sure you can answer because it's probably not likely, but have you ever uh, written a letter, a love letter, and or received one, not knowing the um, whether it's a male or female? Oh, no. I, I mean, this has never come up. Yeah. So Why well, do you like so, that? So almost always, well, 100% of the time, you know it's either a, a woman or a man you're writing to. Yeah, because I would wonder how, well, I can still ask you another way. How would you contrast overall, there are exceptions, of course, how men write the love letters compared to the women? I, you want to know, like, depth of emotional feeling and forthrightness? Yeah, anything you think you can think of, yeah, any, all, any of those variables, yeah. I, I think a man who is um, moved to write a love letter is going to be as emotionally forthcoming and, and wonderful as a woman would. Uh-huh. That's kind of an odd way to say it, isn't it? Yeah. But, yes. I mean, that, I makes, that makes sense to me. I mean, I would be that way. Yeah, I don't think there is such a difference. A person who is willing to put something in the most loving, compassionate way possible does that. Yes. And do you, you know? have do you ever have love letters, either for men or women or both, who are going through a lousy stretch in their marriage? But their love letters help them get back together again? No, I haven't had that experience. But I have had several where people have, women, have uh-huh. written to um, men who have dumped them sometime later to kind of say, I learned a lot and thank you. You know, our time together was worth a lot to me. Yeah. And well, I- but with, with, with the, in this case, with the woman, uh, include the loving feelings she had for that man at some point? Well, different kind of feel. I mean, not the same kind of love. But, you know, gratitude for the love they had and for how much she got. I'm thinking of one woman in particular. Yeah. And she was she was um, let go by a man she really loved. And years later, she realized, you know, I learned so much and I got so much from him. And it wasn't right that we be together forever. And I want to write to him and let him know how much... He was, to, how much it meant all that he was to me. Yes. And that's so, a wonderful thing to do. Yes. So when, when he received her message, did he have the impulse and did he actually call uh, write, know, write her back a letter? I don't know that. I, I don't know that. But I, it's, I tell you, sometimes taking a chance on inviting somebody into your life, scary as it may be, one client of mine actually, wonderful woman, um, who had been pretty much nuts about the same guy from high school uh-huh. all her life. But, you know, he married. She never married. And then she heard, and he lived in another state, and she heard that he was divorced and, i.e., available. Yes. And so she came to me and she said, I want to write to him, and I want to do something kind of lightly lustful that invites him to come spend a three-day weekend with me. Uh-huh. So we've crafted a actually a wonderful poem, and it was fun and adorable, and she sent it to him, and he came uh-huh. for the three-day weekend, and what, so I talked to her after, I said, how did it go? She said, he left after a day and a half. Uh-huh. She said, the intensity of my feeling for him scared him. 
Yeah, that's too bad. And she laughed, and I said, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, did, do you feel awful about that? And she said, no. She yeah. said, it was wonderful the time we did spend together, and I feel wonderful that I made the invitation. Good, yeah. Now, I well, want to say that you are never the worst for offering love or friendship, yeah, whether I, or not I, it gets accepted. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, we're going to take another break. Okay. So we'll be back very soon. Hang on, everybody. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower and he can give you some more information. 805-535-5111. That's 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower. I'm back from commercial break with my lovely guest, Janet Gallen, who's my sister. She's two and a half years older than I am, and she al- she always will be two and a half years older than I am. But we're catching we're catching up. So, uh, so I Janet, I the, P- the P.S. of this story: this woman who wrote the the love poem to this guy to come visit her. Yes. About six months later, he called her, yes. and what he really needed was the intensity of her love. Uh-huh. And he realized that anyway, they've been married now for about, I guess, nine, ten years. Wait, I missed it. Who, they were, they got remarried. The one who left after a day and a half because the intensity of her emotion was too yeah. much for him. He yeah. called her about six months later, I think it was. Yeah. With the realization that her, in, the intensity of her love was just what he needed in life. And they're I now see. married. They have been for years. Oh, so they, they, I'm not clear. They were married and they got divorced. He, and they so got, he fled. He fled her. He, he came to visit her. Yeah. In response to this love letter she sent him. But then he, he left early because it, it scared him. Yeah, but I'll, how much I'll she felt for him. And then six months later, he called her and said, you're just what I want. I see. So they weren't married before. No, no, no. I see. So 
no, yeah, no. Even, it's even amazing that, how these things. It's amazing it's, how these things will yeah. happen. Yeah. So, and that kind of brings another point. Sometimes when you send a love letter to somebody, you don't get a response right away. You might not get a response for days or months because people are taking in what you said. Yes. And sometimes it takes a long time to process it. But remember that when you send a love letter, as opposed to a phone call, where you might have been, you've interrupted somebody out of the shower or away from dinner or whatever that person may be doing, yes. a letter never interrupts anything. Yes. You know, you get to say what you want without having somebody staring at you. And yeah. the other person gets to read it without without having you standing there waiting for a response. Yes. Sometimes uh, there can be a love letter sent, let's say, a parent to a child or vice versa. Oh, yeah. And and let's say the parent uh, is trying to reach the child and keeps sending these love letters, and the child for years and years doesn't respond. Mm-hmm. And then maybe 5, 10, or 20 years later they do. Mm-hmm. That's quite astounding how that works. Yeah, really sad to have that much time yeah. spent. But Exactly, you know. yes. You know something, even even in a difficult situation, when you're writing something, you're writing something to a person you used to be married to, to somebody who has died and you haven't finished saying what you need to say. Yes. When you're writing a love letter, you are bathing in the positive. Uh-huh. And that's all you're looking at, and it does something wonderful for your breathing, for your the inside of your head. It's just uplifting. It's very healing. Yes. It's, it's just a wonderful thing to bathe in the positive. And I, I've had people who have written beautiful letters to their pets. Yeah, the pets are yeah. usually cats or dogs, right? One horse. One horse. No, probably no lizards. Oh, that's so funny that you say that. Oh, there was a lizard? <laughs> well, <laughs> not that got a love letter, but yes, it should, because Dahlia, my daughter, yeah. used to take pets from the pound to this animal-assisted therapy. Uh-huh. And so she'd take pet, you know, an- animals into hospitals and um, a burn ward where she used to visit with usually dogs. Uh-huh. And But they had a lizard that she would take on occasion to uh, a group home, you know, for children or an old age home. And I said to her, oh, a lizard? Who would want to pet a lizard? Apparently and there was I, at least one person. What? Well, apparently, there, at least one person wanted to pet the well, lizard. Well, I said that, but with not derision, really, but like amazement. Who would want to pet a lizard? And she looked at me with such dignity and said, her name is Sandy. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness, that did something. I mean, suddenly this creature was a creature worth relating to and probably worth a love letter. Yes. The lizard, exactly. I'm so glad so, you mentioned that. So, so it could be a lizard. It could be a goldfish. It could be anything. Because any, anything that's breathing. Anything, anything you love, yeah. Well, well, actually, it could even be a, a tree or something. If That's you go, right. You know. Well, Kilmer, Joyce Kilmer wrote a love poem to a tree. Remember? Who I did? think that I shall never see. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. what what I wanted to say was, I've had people write. Several, one one woman wrote a love letter to her business, her store. Uh huh. What kind of store was it? <laughs> homeware store, beautiful, creative, I mean, you have to, it's called Filamento, uh-huh. no longer in business, yeah. and five years after it closed, Iris Fuller, who was the founder and creative genius behind this and so much other beautiful retailing, uh-huh. said, I want to write a letter to my store. She said, I don't know whether you'd approve of that. I said, I'm not the love letter police, anything you feel. She wrote a love letter to, the, she said, this store was my best friend and I miss her. Uh-huh. 
and wrote a love letter to the store that actually had me in tears as she was reading it. Yeah. So, so as you were speaking about this, it occurred to me, I forget her name, but when we were little and we had this woman who took care of us during the day, mm-hmm. and she was six feet tall, what was her name? Oh, yes, Catherine Altman. Oh, yeah, Catherine Altman. Mm-hmm. Did, did you ever think of writing a love letter to her? No. Oh. But evidently you did. I now, have, right? yeah. I have a very sweet memory of uh, she taking us to a pond somewhere, not too mm-hmm. far from where we lived. Yes. And there were ducks and stuff, and I just thought it was great. It was. She was wonderful. And she's the one who took us on the walk where I, where we met Marsha, who's, who's my oldest friend. Yeah. You know? But I, I was going to say, also, you make a really nice point, because that's a wonderful kind of love letter. You have a memory of something lovely about a person. Go find out where that person lives. Yeah. Find out what you can, and write that love letter. Yes. And maybe if that person's gone, you can find that person's children. I had yeah. one woman um, named Leah, and she didn't know where to send a love letter to her friends uh-huh. and high school friends, and she lost touch with them all. And we, I think we got it somehow published in one of the Chicago newspapers, like a kind of an open letter, hoping somebody would uh, find it. Yeah. But now with the Internet, there's so much you can do to find people and express old gratitude. Yes. Sure. Yes. I would love to, uh, and I've tried, but I apparently haven't done enough of it. I would love to uh, find Vicki Gold. Oh, of course you would. Well, but I can't find her. And you looked and up. Well, keep at it. Yeah. You know what? You know what you can do. Sometimes I did this once for Chris Keel. Yeah. Couldn't find her. Couldn't find her. And it was actually before Google and uh, Facebook, and. Um, Maybe I, I just wasn't using it. But <clears throat> call the Alumni Association of her high school. Which was uh, Third Street School. Well, I'm thinking that might work, or high oh. school. Alumni or, Association, sometimes they know where people are. But, but didn't you a few years ago, maybe it was more than 10 years now, didn't you refine this uh, woman who was in your, in your grade at uh, Third Street School? Well, I've, yeah. I have found several people. Yeah. But Christine Keel, I found, because it suddenly occurred to me that I could call the Alumni Association of her high school. I see. And they knew, I didn't know her married name. I couldn't find anything under Chris Keel. And they, they knew where she was, and they got us in touch. Yeah. Well, Vicki Gold so probably a, went to L.A. High, so maybe I could try that, too. Do it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm one, really wondering what she's like. So, I'm um, sure you are. Well, you know what? A letter, and I'll tell you, a letter from someone way from your past is a gift like a bag of emeralds. Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. I yeah. actually got one. I got one from a woman yeah. who I would have thought didn't know who I was even. I mean, she was the younger sister of a friend. Uh-huh. And I got a love letter from her out of nowhere some time ago. I, I was just stunned. She was thanking me for being the example of just what she wanted to be professionally. I mean, she had heard, I used to be a probation officer, and she would hear me talking about my kids, and she knew that's what she, anyway, she's she's quite important in the New York City Probation Department, and she wrote to me to thank me for being the uh, example. Uh Uh-huh. And how how old was she when you first met her? I, I guess we were in high school. She was younger, and I remember quite a bit about her, too, in a so, sort of way. so she she went to Fairfax High. Mm-hmm. But so, we were we 
now we're, you know, we're connected as friends, but it was her love letter that did it. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so I've had people write, uh, one man and a couple of other people wrote love letters to cities that they love. Oh, I see. So it can even be a, it can be a city, it can be a country. Yes, and one woman wrote a love letter to a concept, and the concept was time. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter, because whatever, whatever love letter you're writing, you're writing something important about yourself also. So, so, the woman, so the woman who's writing the love letter about time, mm-hmm. there's something about time that takes, that takes place with love for her. Well, it was, it was actually complicated and really yeah. lovely. I mean, she, oh, and then one woman, she wrote a collection of the most gorgeous, steamy, passionate letters to extinct animals. Uh-huh. I mean, this was a work of art. If anybody goes on the website, just put in Alicia, A-L-I-C-I-A, in the search box. Uh-huh. Just exceptional. People are so creative. So give me an example of uh, what, what were one of her steamy, passionate animals. You know, I can't because I wouldn't do oh. it justice. You have to go listen to it. Okay. Oh, just but delicious. All, all I'm asking is what kind of uh, animals were, they, were these, like rabbits? Dinosaurs. Or, Dinosaurs. Or, huh? Dinosaurs. Oh, I see dinosaurs. Yes. It doesn't matter. You know, the concept of a love letter. And by yeah. the way, expressing love is such a beautiful thing. It's such an art form. And loving, I think, is a real talent. Yes. And when somebody three generations down the line finds that your grandchildren or your nieces and nephews, they'll know something about you. And they'll know that they came from a line of love. I think yes. that's a nice uh, pedigree. Yes. So, uh, as you're talking, I just thought of, uh, Mr. Gould, who was the PE teacher at, uh, Bancroft uh-huh. Junior High School. Uh-huh. And, uh, I had some loving feelings towards him. I mean, it was pretty low key. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't spend a lot of time with him, but he just seemed like a very sweet man. Oh. Well, you And, and I think Marsha still knows him. Uh, your friend Marsha knows him. He's a, he's an attorney now, I believe. Well, yeah. I think you. So, I think you ought to call her and get find or just look him up under attorneys. Yeah. Well, I'll call Marsha first, and I think she mm-hmm. knows. Yeah. And I'll. So I'll, are you? I'll are write you looking forward to writing letter. some of these love letters yourself? Pardon me. Are you looking forward to doing some of these yourself? Yes, I like am. To Mr. Gould and to Vicky Gold, and yeah. yeah. Yes. It opens up such doors, and you know, found letters when you when you've written a letter, and yeah. somebody finds it a generation later. Yeah. It, it opens a door to whole new worlds. One woman, her father had had an affair with a woman. She found this letter stuck to the back of some old piece of furniture long after her parents were gone. Yeah. And found that she had a half sister because the father had had an affair with this woman, and yes. everybody was. It was the most. It was the most astounding adventure. Yes. We're going to stop for another break. We'll come back very soon, everybody. Hang on, and uh, we'll continue in a moment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Interested in investing in real estate, leveraging other people's money? Call Jonathan Brower, and he can give you some more information. 805 535 5111. That's 805 535 5111. 
SportsPsychologySociology.com can help you improve your ability to excel and enjoy your athletic endeavors. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Legal Shield. Total access. Everyone deserves legal protection. With Legal Shield, everyone can access it, no matter how traumatic or trivial. Check out players.buildinglastingsuccess.com and jjbrower.com. Call Jonathan at 805-535-5111. DefeatAnxietyNow.com is geared to help people suffering with anxiety and depression. Intensive, short-term, dynamic psychotherapy helps many people get to the absolute core of their problems and resolve them. Call Dr. Jonathan Brower at 818-707-4557. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Human Behavior, What a Trip, with Dr. Jonathan Brower. If you have a question or comment for the show this week, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to jbrowerphd at yahoo.com. Now, back to Human Behavior, What a Trip. Hi, everybody. This is Jonathan Brower with Human behavior, what a trip. My guest today is my sister, Janet Gallen. We're talking about love letters. So we have about nine minutes to go. And Janet, I want you to spend time talking about the forma- the literal formation of the letters. I'd love to. The, the handwriting. <laughs> so take it away. Oh, okay. Well, handwriting is king. Um, you, are, you are how you write. And I recently met a handwriting analyst who just confirmed this. Her name is Ann Mahoney, M-A-H-O-N-Y, if anybody would like to Google her. And handwriting is, is really, really the fingerprint of who you are. Uh-huh. And it, it's, I mean, it's obviously a very complicated science and art, but handwriting is important. If you can't write, to say that, oh, I can't do it because my handwriting's so bad, that's nonsense. It's your handwriting. And that's what's important. If you have a physical limitation, for example, obviously a paralysis or an injury or a palsy that makes it impossible, then yes. you can't. But you know you can still find it somehow. And the thing about a love letter as opposed to an email is somebody has, is touching something that your hand has touched. Uh-huh. So something that's felt the touch of your hand is being handled by somebody else. It's, it's kind of as close as you can get to holding hands across distance and time. And also, no two handwriting is exactly the same. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. That's right. It's yours and only yours. And that part's a gift. I do want to say that it's important to use good paper and indelible ink for the final copy. So it will last. You know, you can't play your Betamax movies. You can't even and your floppy disks, never mind. The things that you thought would be forever in terms of communication. Technology yes. changes so quickly. Yes. That what seems permanent today, tomorrow is just laughably primitive, but we still have letters from 400 years ago. All right. So I have and a question for you. I have a question. When you say sure. to get good paper, what constitutes good paper? Something that takes the ink well, something that's nice and heavy and won't shred is best. Heavy and I don't mean won't like shred, cardboard, yeah. but you know, something durable. And something that's not slick and slippery where the ink will just um, 
you know, rub off. Yes. And, so and, I just thought of another, by the way, I just thought of another um, love letter I'm going to write. What? Um, well, I told you about my dog who had the surgery. Yes. And he was in this hospital for a long I mean, good part of, you know, for like a week and, or more. Mm-hmm. And uh, there were all these people who were helping him so much. Oh, yes. I'm going to write a love letter to them all. Yes. Now, I've They've, done that myself after hospitals. Yeah. And and I have a friend, actually Tony's daughter, Courtney. Yeah. Who's a nurse. And she said, they don't get letters, really. Yes. Love letters of gratitude. Yeah, well, they should. That's important. The few they get, they stick up on the bulletin board. It's yeah. so important. But what about a letter to your dog? Well, that's that's an idea, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it seems more important for me to send it to the people who help the dog first. Because, well, yes, of course, you have to yeah. do with yeah. But, you know, when you write to a dog and you read it to that dog, yeah. and you might think, okay, the dog's not going to understand it. But every living creature knows when it's getting positive, loving attention. Yeah, mm-hmm. my dogs get a lot of that. Go, go back to you, your handwriting. I don't, I don't want to shortchange that. <clears throat> Tell us well, more about the handwriting. You've, you've talked to me about you have, diff, you have different ways of handwriting and all that. I have different handwritings depending on my mood. Uh-huh. And I asked this handwriting analyst, would you see the same person in any of my handwritings? And she said, absolutely. I see. Even though to the, to the average human eye, they wouldn't see them as the same. Right, because she's looking for certain signs. And you, you, can, you can tell when a person is writing in anger. You know? Yeah. There's a change in pressure. I mean, you can, you can see a lot in it. Uh-huh. You can see a lot in it. And, and you've you uh, recently talked to me about this. Tell the audience how you sometimes write upside down, sometimes you write different ways. Oh, well, I, I do because I was forced uh, a handedness change. And so you so were I, basically I, set up to be left-handed? Well, I think I was. I used both equally. Uh-huh. <laughs> but when I write, I have the paper turned almost upside down, so I think I'm doing some left-handed kind of a thing. I see. And... So, so since you were left-handed, since you since you can use both arms and hands, if you were a baseball player, you could have been a switch hitter. You know, I don't know. I, I've tried that. I can't do it. Oh, I mean, I, I tried that when I was younger to, sw- to hit left-handed, and I can't. Okay. Because I think I'm just trained so right-handed. Uh-huh. But I just I want to encourage people to write those letters. And also, I, I do want to say that you have to be brave about writing a love letter sometimes and say things that you might not say in person. And yes. sometimes when you do that practice sheet, you know, your rough draft, and you put down the most outrageous thing that you would never say out loud. Yes. And you see it in front of you, it doesn't seem like such a big deal. Yeah. You know? I tend to uh, just say, when I have loving feelings towards someone, I frequently just say it verbally. Mm-hmm. And uh, That's it's, nice well, it's usually met, met very well. But it there was? may be uh, ways in which at times it would be good for the person receiving it to be able to read it, as, as you point out, multiple times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yes. you know, memory fades, and it's just nice to, it's nice to know how you were loved when you were yes. by a particular person. And also, you want to say what you feel while you still have the chance. Optimally, is you want to write those letters while people are still living. Yes. But I've worked with a lot of people who write to people who were gone. I had a 95-year-old guest who wrote to his own grandfather. Uh-huh. And it was gorgeous. And it was an important piece of history, actually. Yes. Um, but
but it was just beautiful. What you can't do is write that love letter after you're gone. And how sad not to leave something. There was an article by a man named Robert Shaw in, I think, Newsweek um, <clears throat> magazine many years ago. And I can still see the, head, the title of it is, We Had the Love, But I Don't Have the Letters. Uh, and they had a wonderful marriage, and they told each other, I love you so often. And she died, and he's got nothing in her handwriting. Uh, and he's, it just is so sad to him. Yeah, I'm getting teary-eyed teary mm-hmm. right now as you say this. Yeah, it's so easy to leave comfort. Yeah. You know, and, and to do it without, I mean, we don't write letters thinking that we're doing really something for the future, but we are. Yes. You know? Yeah. I have quite a few friends, male and female, who I can hug and you know kiss them hello and goodbye. And then I have a couple of friends who really don't want to be touched. Mm-hmm. So for them especially, I need to write love letters. Well, that's lovely. And by the way, you're touching on something really important, even in writing love letters, I think. People have different abilities to take in a lot of emotional feeling. Yes. And that's true with letters also. Some You have to think of who you're writing to, and does that person have the capability of taking in a lot of emotional ten- intensity in yes. one sitting? Maybe yes, maybe no. So maybe you need a shorter letter. Yes. You know, not to spill everything at once, and you can always sign off saying, I've got more to say, but I'll get to you next time. Yes. It's a conversation, you know? Yes. Is there anybody, um, I think we're almost done, but uh, very quickly, uh, have you ever written to any of our parents or grandparents? Well, I've written to our parents, sure. I mean, love letters. Sure. When I was away at college. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I never have. My my letters were always about what's going on. Well, yes, that's yeah. sure. That's an important kind of letter, too. Yes. Um, but, I, oh, yeah, I've written real appreciation letters, not to grandparents, because we didn't know our grandparents very well. Yeah. You know. I th- yeah, our time is coming to an end. This has been a wonderful time. I'm, I'm so glad we got to do this. Me too. And I'll write you a love letter in the near future. Me too, you. Uh, yes. Okay, <laughs> Thank sweetie. You, honey. I love you very much. I love you too. Okay. Bye. 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 So, everybody, this is Jonathan Brower with Human Behavior saying goodbye for now, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you again for listening today. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Human Behavior, What a Trip with Dr. Jonathan Brower on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have fun experiencing your human behavior. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.